Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are continuing the first season of our newly relaunched show here with Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1. We are on movie 4, or movie Thor. That was bad. Uh, I don't care. Okay. (laughs) But we're watching Thor today. We watched Thor, and we're going to talk about Thor, which it's a movie that I always think that I'm not that into, but after I start watching it, I'm like, holy shit, I'm actually really into this movie. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about. I think I know what it is. I think it's that I never really liked Thor as a character. I always found him to be boring, generally speaking. I've read maybe two arcs of his in my entire comic book reading life. Yeah. And he is the one character that I don't have an in for. And it's because he's a god, right? It's because mm-hmm. he's this character that's bigger than life. And there's just no in for me. There's an in with Spider-Man. There's an in with Banner. There's an in with the X-Men, you know? There's not an in with Thor. He's a god. How do you how can you relate to him? Right. You know? Right. So I never really connected to the character and I always I always underestimate how much I will like a Thor movie, I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense. (laughs) And I, again, didn't really read comics. Not really. I didn't read comics. (laughs) (laughs) Just flat out, I did not read comics. Sure. I barely knew that there was a Thor, honestly. I remember knowing there was a Thor, but I always related him back to He-Man for some reason. (laughs) Ha! He-Man? I don't know why. That is Maybe weird. they're both blonde with muscles. Who you mean, knows? You mean, I don't know. You mean before the movie came out? Right, you before knew that the there movie came out. No, like when I was a kid. Okay. Like when I was a kid, I didn't, like Thor really wasn't on my radar at all. I just knew there was a Thor and that he was kind of like a He-Man type person. <laughs> he was a He-Man type person? That, that's how I thought of Thor. Eternia, and then, Asgard. I mean, I could see it. Sure. And then... Adventures in Babysitting came out. Oh, God, that's why everybody knows who the hell Thor is. And okay. Thor, well, he, it wasn't Thor. I know it wasn't Thor. It, it was just was, some kid that was um, obsessed with him or whatever, Yeah, right? the kid was obsessed with him, but then there was a guy. Vincent D'Onofrio Vin, played yeah, him. Thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you. I couldn't think of his name. But he played him, and he kind of had that Thor look to him. Right. And there you go. There's Thor. <laughs> the only the only time I was remotely interested in Thor as a character was when he showed up on a TV movie from The Incredible Hulk, the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It was really bad, but it was funny. <laughs> so I liked it because Thor and the Hulk always fight in the comics. And well, Hulk fights everybody. Hulk just beats the shit out of everybody, and everybody beats the shit out of the Hulk. It's always a thing, right? It's like, like that's always the conversation: who could who could win in this, the Hulk or Thor, the Thing or Thor, you know, or Thing or Hulk. You know, it's like that's the that's the that's like a constant like thing. Who's stronger? Huh, that's interesting. They do bring that into the this movie series with Thor and Hulk, like in the who's Avengers. Stronger. Yeah. yeah, the truth is, Thor has. Thor does not have unlimited strength. Thor has a shelf, has a he he plateaus at a certain point. The Hulk will never have a top end to his power because the Hulk, the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. There is no cap. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in the kids vernacular these days. But the and the truth here's the truth of everything though. Straight from Stan Lee. 
whoever the writers want to be stronger is who will be stronger. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. The the actual quote is, whoever the writers want to win is who will win. Right. But if you take it just from the pure fact of it all, Mm -hmm. Thor has a set power level and the Hulk's power level has an unlimited cap because he could always get more angry. Right. Right. That that makes sense when it comes to the question of who is stronger. <laughs> and I am always Team Hulk, so it's not going to matter to me. I don't. Yeah. You can present me with whatever quote unquote scientific evidence you want to present me with, but I will never waver in my whole Hulk is yeah. always going to be stronger. Because... Well, that makes sense to me, but that doesn't mean he'll always win because if you have somebody that can fight smarter than him, strength isn't always the end all of Absolutely. matches. Absolutely. But Hulk is the strongest one there is. Yeah, I, that makes sense to me with what you were just said about the <laughs> anger thing. So yeah. So you've seen this movie before, obviously. I have. Do you remember times. if you've seen this one in the theater? I don't. I was thinking about it because you keep asking me. And, and I the, will continue to ask. The one I do remember for sure that I saw in theaters was Avengers. I remember that. But I feel like at some point in this run up to it there was somewhere there i i feel like i probably did see something in the theaters i just don't remember i did see this in theaters i saw it day one i think because Mm -hmm. kenneth Branagh was involved um i remember being a little underwhelmed but every single time i go back to this movie i'm like i'm into it i'm into this movie i've only seen it a handful of times it's not one of the ones that i rewatch much but when i do I tend to just fall into it and, and and just marvel at the craftsmanship of this film. Like, mm-hmm. at least the first couple of acts. Mm-hmm. You know, the third act is a little, feels a little rushed. But it, it's it's a film where they took a character that I don't care about and now I actually like the movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. how the fuck did they do that, you know? They did it with Iron Man too. Like, I don't know how they're doing all this. They're good. Somehow they've got like their little mouse fingernails in me. The mouse isn't involved yet. Not yet, but he will be. He will be soon, Mm -hmm. but Thor is not from the mouse. I know that. Not this one. uh, Next film, next Thor film, he will be. He will be, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, do you want to give us the cast and crew and then we can dive on into the story? Yes. So you already mentioned this was directed by Kenneth Branagh. This was written by Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne. It's also based on a screen story by J. Michael Straczynski, and that's important because the comics that they're basing a lot of the Earthbound stuff on are from one of the only runs of Thor that I've actually read, one of J. Michael Straczynski's runs, where he took Asgard and brought it to Oklahoma, basically. Mm, okay. Had it hovering over Oklahoma for a while. And there's all this kind of cool fish-out-of-water stuff that they actually play with a little bit here in this movie. In that story arc about, like, Asgardians wandering around in the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma, or wherever it was. I can't remember exactly where it was. It was, like, you know, mm-hmm. Cowsey or Oklahoma or some shit. Sure. But, but this is one of the only... Marvel movies, there's a couple other ones, but this is one of the only ones that is co-written by one of the comic creators, Mm -hmm. the people that know these characters best. So I think it's important that we point that out. All right. This stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, 
Anthony Hopkins as Odin, Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig, and Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson, Idris Elba as Heimdall, mm-hmm. Rene Russo as Thor's mother, whose name I don't catch. And the late, great Ray Stevenson, who is actually a Marvel veteran by this point. He had played the Punisher in the third Punisher film, but he he played Volstagg in this. He's one of the Warriors three. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Now, we, I'll always like to point out who created or co-created the comic book character that the movie's based on. And the comic book Thor is based, of course, on the Norse mythology. It's not 100% accurate to the Norse mythology, obviously, but... The comic book version of Thor is created by, it's credited to Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. We cannot forget Jack Kirby. And I think Larry Lieber also deserves a lot of credit for a lot of the early Marvel stuff from the 60s. So, yeah. I just want to put his name back out there. All right. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the story. All right. At the would-be coronation of Thor by his father Odin of Asgard... The ceremony is interrupted by an attack by frost giants. They are infiltrating Odin's vault to take back the Casket of Ancient Winters, which is the source of the frost giants' power. Now, a millennia earlier, Odin had seized the casket in his war with Jotunheim, one of the Nine Realms, the frost giants' world. Now, their plan was to conquer all of the Nine Realms, but he, by taking their source of power, stopped them from doing so. They, the invading... Frost Giants, the ones that are invading Asgard in and Odin's vault, are stopped by the vault's protector, the Destroyer. This is total setup for what comes later, of course, but mm-hmm. th- what did you think of the Destroyer when we got to that, when, like when it first appeared? It kind of looks like Iron Man. <laughs> kind of looks <laughs> like Iron Man. That's funny because I think they're going to... They're going to make mention of that, right? Is that one of Stark's? Right, yeah. they, they do. It looks intimidating. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what, 15 feet tall or some yeah. shit? It's huge. And yeah. it just shoots fire out of its face. Yeah. It's an actual comic character in the in the comics. I don't think it's... I don't read a lot of Thor, like I've said, so I don't really know what it looks like. I, can't, I don't okay. have a picture in my head of what it okay. looks like. But this thing is pretty damn cool. I thought it was cool anyway. A walking cannon. Thor... A brash, self-assured, and impulsive man defies his father, who has forbidden retaliation against Jotunheim. Thor travels to Jotunheim with his brother Loki and his friends Lady Sif, Volstagg, Fandral, and Hogan, also known as Lady Sif and the Warriors Three, and he wages battle against the Frost Giants and confronts their king, Laufey. The battle is interrupted, however, by Odin, who saves Thor and his friends and takes them back home to Asgard. Odin is angered by Thor's arrogance, and he strips his son of his godlike powers and exiles him to Earth. He also sends Thor's hammer Mjolnir to Earth with him, but he enchants the weapon, allowing only one who is worthy to be able to lift it, let alone wield it. Thor is really arrogant and selfish and definitely deserves to get his ass reamed here <laughs> yeah he he needs a, he needs a good smackdown he is he's definitely he feels like a rebellious teen almost yeah. right um in the comics i just wanted to note real quick in the comics the words whosoever shall be worthy whoever's deemed worthy shall possess the power of thor or whatever it are printed on mjolnir on the side of mjolnir oh okay yeah. all right 
It this just made me think if he didn't do this now but became king and then something like this happened, I feel like he'd be a terrible king. Like he'd just be causing wars all over the place, left and right, you know? Good timing though, huh? Very good timing. You know, Loki being the little trickster he is and kind of getting him banished down to earth and whatnot. I don't think that was his plan, but... Oh, I think it was his plan. I I think his plan was to get him in trouble and keep him from being king, but I didn't... I don't know if he was going to get him banished, but... I think he wanted him out of the picture. Yeah. 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 Loki has his own designs, which are a little mercurial at first, but... um... They kind of come to light a little bit when you get a little closer to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. We get to see what really he was going after. Mm-hmm. Now, Thor lands on Earth in New Mexico where Jane Foster, Dr. Jane Foster, her assistant Darcy, and her mentor, Dr. Eric Selvig, literally run into him with their vehicle. The three of them are investigating atmospheric anomalies in the area, which turn out to be the Rainbow Bridge projections from the Bifrost, which is the uh, Asgardian interplanetary taxi. I don't know travel thing. It's like uh, it's like a teleport. It's like that. Yeah, it's the it's the intergalactic highway. <laughs> know, the teleporting highway. Yeah. See. Okay. So Seth Brundle from The Fly would love to get his hands on this technology. Is what I'm thinking. You know. Probably. I'll bet they wouldn't have any kind of like, oh no, I'm turning into a brundlefly thing problems with this kind of technology. Do you think that when they first started this technology, they were like, they were having those problems where like people would show up like turned inside out and shit? Maybe. That's, I'd love to know. Yeah, (laughs) I'd love to know like what happened. Like how did they get this down? Because this is pretty exact, right? Like it's like, it shoots down and like makes a little thing on the ground and then people show up. Yeah. Like, there had to have been trial and error, right? I would think so. But like selling, sending an elephant and it shows up as a raccoon or some shit. And it's like, yeah. the fuck is going on? Because well, they have to then, it takes them a long time to remake the thing. It's not like yeah. they can just, you know, put it up in a, a month or two, you know? Because they, they make this Bifrost thing again. They recreate it. Oh, you're for later, but. You're, you're, you're jumping ahead to the fact that the Bifrost gets destroyed. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying. So they had to have had some kind of trial and error to get this thing made. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they kept the plans somewhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, I, so it's I, easy to recreate, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd think that they would have these laying around. Also, yeah. this is the only place we see this. Do they not share their technology with other people? Probably not. Which makes me wonder: How did they figure out that it worked? Who's the guinea pigs? Who are the guinea pigs? And how do, did they send people to other areas, like one of the other realms of the Nine Realms? How did they get there before the Bifrost? You don't see them have a lot of ships, right? right? No. They, well, I don't see any ships there. Nope. Not in this movie. Nope. I mean, Thor can fly with his hammer, but that's just there. Yeah, he, can th- he can fly with his hammer, but he chooses to ride a horse. What's up with that shit? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, back to the other point. Here's my question about the Bifrost, the technology (laughs) of the Bifrost. And I know we're getting off track here, but I don't care because that's what we're here for. We're here to get (laughs) off track. The technology of the Bifrost, they would have had to have sent somebody somewhere. Now, maybe it was localized. Maybe they were like, I'm going to teleport somebody from, you know, my 
my office here where I've got this whole thing set up to like, you know, the, 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 you know, I don't know, fruit market or some shit, right? Let's see if it works. Did they like land them on someone? Did somebody get landed on? Did they like tell people they were testing this stuff? Or did they just appear out of nowhere and freak out as guardians as they were doing? Like, I want to know the origins of the of the Bifrost. I want to know how they got to that. And they were like, who died along the way? <laughs> that is a very good question. And I'm sure we'll get to this later, but this is going to be much, much later. So I'm going to bring it up right now. Later in the MCU, yeah. Thor gets that other hammer thingy, the axe thingy. Well, I don't remember what it's called. Thor, what? Thor gets a new weapon later. I don't oh, the one in Infinity War? Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. That thing has Bifrost technology in it. Yeah, wait a minute. Now it's portable. So how did they get that technology into the weapon then? Because then they the would have had to share it with the, the, with the, the, the giant dwarves, right? That's what they... I don't remember what they were. Its name is Stormbreaker, but what... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're breaking this open for me here. Let's jump ahead. <laughs> we're going to jump ahead to Infinity War for a quick second here, folks. How does Thor suddenly have the ability to travel with the Bifrost via Stormbreaker? I thought it was because of Stormbreaker that he can do that, but I don't understand how. It's made of the same stuff that... Mjolnir was made out of. It's forged in the same forge. The only difference is that it's shaped like an axe instead of shaped like a hammer, and it has Groot's tree hand as its, as its hilt. What makes that able to travel via, via Bifrost but not Mjolnir? I feel like it is a different weapon because it seemed to me how they were talking is is I don't remember the character's name the the space dwarf guy yeah the the space dwarf the giant space dwarf guy yeah oh, that's gonna bug me anyways he <laughs> said something about he had created this new weapon he's never made it blah 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 I feel like it is a different weapon. How does he but have I, the ability to put right? That's what my question is. I don't understand how it. he got that technology. Well, I mean, the Asgardians could have given it to him, but I don't understand how you put that into the weapon. Then, and if it exists that they could do that, why did it take them so long to rebuild the Bifrost? I, I don't reasons. Know. <laughs> also, instead of having the Bifrost, why doesn't everybody carry around a hammer with the Bifrost? Well, that's what in I'm it? saying. Like what? Like. <laughs> No, I mean, I get it. You don't want just randos being able to, like, teleport to other parts of the Nine Realms, but maybe, like, you know, a select few, like, people right. that are, like, guardians of the Bifrost. Oh, like cabbies, right? Like, taxi cab people. They're, like, the Uber drivers of Asgard, right? Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, man, I need to go to I need to go to go Midgard. Okay, that'll be 43 credits. Okay, pay up, and you just, you just shoot them down there. You know, that's fine. Yeah. You can't just give it to everybody because then you got like, you know, Asgardian like meth heads like, you know, shooting down to Earth to get their next fix and then shooting back to Asgard, yeah. right? We can't have that. But I still want to know if the technology existed that you could put it into a weapon, why did it take them so long to rebuild the Bifrost? I don't know. I don't know. Because I was confused for a second with this movie because I was like, wait, he could just take his hammer and fly down. And I'm like, -uh. oh, wait, no, no, he can't. That was the other weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I had to think through that in my head this time for some reason. It it was like, wait a minute. 
think we're tapping into things that maybe I need to be not tapping into because otherwise my head's going to like just pull at these threads for a while and I can't, I can't deal with that. So anyway, let's, let's see. Let's go. Okay. Let's shoot back into 2011 here. Let's talk about this movie. We'll deal with, we're going to deal with the Bifrost soon enough. Anyway. So nearby where Thor lands, the locals have discovered Mjolnir and are trying to lift it as a sort of game. They're like these strong men guys coming over to like pull the thing on and try and figure. I really love this scene. I think this scene is pretty fucking hysterical. Yeah. Like this is exactly what people in a small town would try and do. Right? Oh, heck yeah. They'd be like, what? You can't lift it? I'll bet I can do it. And then they'd go out there and try and lift it. And then they're in their trucks, drinking yeah. beer, watching the show. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. This is exactly what they would do. <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson then arrives with his team, which we already knew. We saw this in the one shot from the last episode that we talked about. He arrives with his team and he quarantines the area and he also confiscates Jane Foster's research on the atmospheric disturbances. Thor discovers that Mjolnir is nearby and he fights his way into the new shield facility that they've constructed around Mjolnir. But he's unable to lift the hammer and is taken into custody. Now, this is where we get to see Hawkeye. But that's not important right now. What I really want to talk about is the guy that Thor fights, that he says to, it's the one that he says to, it's the one that he says, you're big, fought bigger too. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this, I thought that dude was Luke Cage. Oh yeah? I really was 100% firm on, I thought that dude was going to be Luke Cage. Hmm. Which would have been really fucking cool, but they didn't bring him in. I'm right. a little upset about that because you could have used Luke Cage in there. Yeah, he he's big guy. He could yeah. have been. He would have been able to take on Thor. Yeah, I mean, ultimately he ends up losing out, but you know, right? Yeah, I do like that Thor is not able to lift the hammer at this point because he has not changed whatsoever. Look, Still arrogant. It wouldn't be much of a movie if he just could lift the hammer right yeah. after, you know? Right. I mean, that's the whole premise of it, right? I am excited that we are introduced to Hawkeye. He is one of my favorite Avengers. Did it start here, or did you like him when he was when he was uh, Avengers. with Natalia? Oh, Avengers. Na- Natalie, I mean, sorry. Yep. No, that was that's her name in Iron Man. Avengers Natasha. is that's where it. I became a big fan of Natasha and Hawkeye. Mm. Clint and Natasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, he's barely in this. Yeah. All right. we see is that he's got a bow, and anybody that doesn't know who he is is probably like, why the fuck's this guy got a bow? Why not a yeah. gun, right? Yeah, who the hell is this yeah. guy? <laughs> but anybody that's in the know knows that when they call him Barton, they know exactly who he is. Right. Right? So Eric Selvig convinces S.H.I.E.L.D. to let Thor go by telling him that Thor is his friend, Don Blake, who has a problem with alcohol. He also mentions that when they're talking about Shield, and 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 Jane is trying to get him to go and help Thor, Selvig mentions or he implies he heavily implies that Shield had abducted Banner and had him in custody, which is actually not the truth because when we see him in Avengers next, he's in South America in hiding. They know where he is, but he's not in custody. Is this the comment that? He says that he knew somebody. Yeah, he knew a gamma radiation guy. Specialist. Right, okay. Yeah. So 
some of the research I did, people thought that they might be referring to the girl, the girlfriend from that movie. Because they said, she said specialist with ga- gamma, so he didn't say person infected with gamma Oh, I know radiation. that, but Banner is the expert in gamma, not not Betty. Right, but it doesn't really make sense for it to be Hulk. It doesn't make sense. The comment doesn't make sense once we know where Hulk really is, mm-hmm. but at the time, they didn't know where Hulk really was. Sure. And they figured this was just a throwaway line to connect it to Hulk. Yeah. But it can't be Betty because she's not a gamma radiologist. She's not a physiologist okay. like that. She has a different specialization. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So that makes sense. I don't 100%. think it's her. Yep. I, I 100% believe that he is referring to Banner because when you're talking about the Hulk, you're not going to reference Betty. You're going to reference yeah. Banner. I have always thought it was yeah. Hulk until I started diving into some stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you knew about about this and yeah. I only know about this because stuff I read but Don Blake <laughs> yeah apparently is Thor's alter ego alter Early ego on. he goes yeah. by when he's on earth well okay so the way uh, in it, the comics the way it happens is Don Blake is an actual doctor on earth and on an expedition into the mountains somewhere I don't remember where it is because I, I read I read this in back in the day in the 70s Marvel published Origins of Marvel Comics, and then they published another one called Son of Origins of Marvel Comics, okay? And it was basically like a trade paperback like what you see today, Mm -hmm. but it was like the first issue of all the major comics. The first one had like Hulk and Spider-Man and Thor and Avengers and Captain America and all that, right? So that's the only time I've read the origin of Thor, and I read that in 1985, maybe 1986. Haven't touched it since. Don't even own it anymore, which I really am sad about because those are collector's items now. But I digress. From memory, Donald Blake finds a stick in this mountain, in this cave in the mountain. And when he taps it on the ground, he turns into Thor. Oh, interesting. And the stick turns into Mjolnir. Interesting. Never has really said where Blake goes, as far as I know. I'm sure maybe they maybe they explore it later, but they quickly dispense with that whole thing. Okay, yeah. It's only around for a little while, as far mm-hmm. as I remember, because every other time that I've ever seen Thor in like '80s comics, which is where I primarily read, I started in like the late '70s and read throughout the '80s and '90s and into now. But every other time I'd seen him, it was merely a reference. And it wasn't still something that was active. It wasn't like Peter Parker is Peter Parker, but he's also a Spider-Man. It's not like that. It's more like that's what kind of awakened Thor, maybe? I don't know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And again, haven't read it since the 80s. <laughs> 40 years or so, give or take. Yep, so Donald Blake is a reference to that. Absolutely, 100%. So once Thor kind of resigns himself to the idea that he's trapped on Earth, he's accepting his exile. He starts to grow closer to Jane, and he learns more about his new surroundings. And this is where we get the reference to, like, the Nine Realms. He's kind of sketching out what the Nine Realms look like and where everything is, and he's kind of explaining to Jane all of this stuff. And they kind of fall asleep under the stars, and they're falling in love. Oh, they got to make it a love story. Meanwhile, in Asgard, Loki discovers that he is actually the child of Laufey, the frost giant king. He was adopted by Odin after the war and raised as an Asgardian. Loki confronts Odin and talks him literally nearly to death. 
he just talks to him and then Odin's like, oh, fuck this. And he just goes to the Odin sleep. He's like, I can't deal with this shit right now. I'm going into the Odin sleep. Has Miles ever talked to you that much where you're like, <laughs> I'm just going to fall asleep here? <laughs> Look, as a parent, I've been there. I've been there. The kid's going on about something. You're just like, oh, my God. Oh, I love him, so I'm going to listen, but I'm just going to fall asleep. If I pretend to sleep, maybe he'll leave. I'm kidding. I would never do that to my child. But that's what Odin does. Like, I think he, like, falls asleep to see if, like, Loki will leave. Like, yeah. that's the only reason. There's nothing else that leads up to it, like, showing that he's strained or anything like that, right? Yep. This is what I'm talking about. When you get to the later part of this film, some stuff doesn't make any fucking sense, and that is a big thing. Like, what? Just... Loki talking him into the Odin sleep makes no fucking sense to me. None. He's the most powerful Asgardian. So there is a deleted scene that might help make sense why Odin checked out like this. Why he checked out. (laughs) So before (laughs) before this, he had another confrontation with Frigga. She came That's his wife, right? Yeah, that's the wife. She came at him and was pissed off that he banished Thor. Like, she was very mad, and she's yelling at him and stuff. Okay. And this happened, I don't know timeline, be, how far before this Well, it had happened. to have happened at least a little bit before right. this, it was, because it was a Thor little was before. banished first, yeah. So if Thor got banished, Frigga gets pissed, then Loki finds out and it confronts him too. And so I feel like there's like a lot of stress here. But we don't really see that because they cut that whole Frigga part out of there. Who made the executive decision to cut that scene out? Did it just slow things down too much? Is that what's going on or what? I felt like it did a little bit. I feel like they could have maybe done this scene, but maybe cut it down a little bit because there was hmm. a lot of extra stuff going on. Was it a long deleted scene? I haven't seen it. Is it a long deleted scene? No, or? not no, not really. So how I, much could it really have dragged the story too much? I don't know. And this movie isn't one of the longer movies already. They could no. have left it in. There is one scene that was cut that was right before Thor's coronation. It was Thor and Loki and they were kind of standing there talking and you could tell Thor's kind of nervous and Loki's kind of joking with him and mm-hmm. Loki's being mean to one of the servants. That one goes on a long time. I see why that one got cut. But the part that I really liked about that deleted scene is you see how Loki is kind of dismissive of other people and his brother, but Thor really cares about Loki. Like he is Mm. fond of Loki and you get that in that scene. So I feel like that's an important scene that was maybe cut, but I understand why it was cut because it was, it was kind of long and a little tedious, but. Well, I think you could probably still work that in, but I think the more important thing is we need to know why the fuck Odin Mm -hmm. would just, like you said, check out. Yeah. Like just because Loki's because it comes off like Loki just Mm -hmm. talks him into sleeping. Right. Like, and that's what they presented to us. So yeah. that is actually the story. Yeah. yeah. So f- canonically, Loki talked him into the Odin sleep. Yes. So that's what we got going on yep. here. Absolutely. <laughs> this is where I, I like that. I'm I sort of like, it's a problem for me. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I get it, though. I mean, I've listened to some people talk and talk and talk and talk, <laughs> and I've wanted to Are go to sleep. Are you talking about me? Well, not just you. Not but- just me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anybody that wants to do a podcast with me can apply on uh, viewfromthecouch.com. Love you, honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Taking new applications. All right. Let's go. Rude. 
right. So after Loki talks Odin half to death, he takes the throne and he calls Laufey on the space phone. And he offers him a chance to kill Odin and take back the Casket of Ancient Winters, which I, I love the name of that thing, the Casket of Ancient Winters. Now, the power of this thing is to basically deep freeze whatever you pointed at, right? Yeah. Like, it said that it could, like, within the MCU mythology, this thing could actually, like, deep freeze an entire fucking planet if it needed, if, if they could, if they could wield it at it. Mm-hmm. So, like, this thing's extremely powerful, but I love the name, the Casket of Ancient Winters. <laughs> I think it sounds like I love the name so much that I forgot it. It sounds like something Indiana Jones would go looking for. If Indiana Jones went looking for something like this and he ended up traveling back into... Oh, shit. <laughs> well, all right. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, Warriors Three, uh, Lady Sif and the Warriors Three, decide to return Thor from exile and overthrow his brother. They convince Heimdall, the keeper of the Bifrost, who earlier for some reason they talked to, they called him that guard. Mm-hmm. They didn't refer to him as Heimdall. They know who he is. Yeah. They were like, I don't know how Loki got him past that guard. That guard? It's fucking Heimdall. Yeah. Why would they call him that guard? Or are they referring to someone else? I don't know. What other guard could there be? They came in on the Bifrost, right? Well, one it, guy. it is that Unless guy a because Heimdall does say, I want to know how they got past me. Okay. So why did they call him that guard? Do they just not know who he is? They're just or like, oh, it's that dude that's there. completely disrespectful. <laughs> like they know. Yeah. But they're not going to say like, We're not going to name him because he let it happen. <laughs> Fuck that guy. But let's go see if we can help us. Right. I don't know. But either way, it just seemed weird that they would call him that guard, and then later they're going to go and ask him for help. But anyway, they convince Heimdall to abandon his station so that they can travel to Earth. Now, what I really like about this is that Heimdall is still loyal to the throne. Mm -hmm. He says, I cannot participate in this. Mm -hmm. And he walks away. (laughs) I'm not going to stop it. Later. And he takes (laughs) off. But I can't allow it. But I'm not going to stop it. Right. Yeah. The warriors find Thor in New Mexico, but they were followed by the Destroyer, who was sent by Loki. They're defeated by the Destroyer, and the powerless Thor appeals to his brother via the Destroyer to leave the people of the town here in New Mexico, which is unnamed. Did they name this town? I don't remember. Cowsier, New Mexico. That's what I'm going to call it. Cowsier, New Mexico. He convinces, he tries to convince Loki to leave these people alone and take him as a sacrifice instead. Now, keep in mind that he is mortal at this point mm-hmm. he does he know that he he's sacrificing himself powers anymore yeah do you think you think he knows that he's sacrificing himself by this yes you think so yes because he told the other warriors that he's not going to be of any help he doesn't have his powers anymore right, he just says that he can he says that he can help get people away from the place right. so he was going to help you think that he it. knows that that, that the destroyer is going to attack him like that I think he knows. You think so? Yep. Okay. I think he's, I think this is his sacrifice. Okay. Because that is what happens. He does get struck by the destroyer. The destroyer almost kills him. And this sacrificial act activates Mjolnir. And the, the thing that I have a problem with with this is that you're supposed to lift it. 
It's not supposed to just be attracted to whoever does something selfless, right? The incantation is whomever holds this hammer, Mm -hmm. if they're worthy, will possess the power of Thor, right? Well, I think in later movies, we do see where he calls it to him at times. But he didn't actively call this to to himself. It just was like, oh, oh, he did a sacrifice. Now we got to go to him. Well, that was the second part of the whisper that we didn't get to hear. Did he whisper further? I don't remember him whispering further. No, I'm just... What was he speaking in Asgardian and it just said (laughs) something? It's like, my name is James, but it's spelled R-I-C-H, right? Is that it? Yeah, no, I don't think that's it. I think this is just a misstep in the story. Like, why why would Mjolnir just go to him? That would mean that anybody that sacrifices themselves for any reason would have Mjolnir go to them. Yeah, but they had the whole hammer all covered up so they couldn't have this battle with the destroyer right by the hammer for him to like fall and put his hand on it accidentally. So had to get to him somehow. I'm so glad you didn't write this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fall and accidentally touch the hammer. Oh, it moved. It's mine now. I'm just saying that they couldn't do that. Kevin Feige would be like, fucking fire her. (laughs) This city is fired. Although I am comics? literally telling you that yeah. it wouldn't work. I know, but you're like, that's what that would be like your solution. Like, oh, that's not going to work. That's like one of the things that you write on the big whiteboard. You'd know, be like, oh, it falls down and he touches the hammer. He grazes the hammer as he's falling. <laughs> no, that's, I've, I've come up with some doozies in my time. So I get where you're coming from. You're just but, trying to make it math right in your head, you know? <laughs> it doesn't math, though. It doesn't math. <laughs> I'm okay with it. This Fine. does not bother me. I'll let me. it go. I'm going to so. let it go. I'm letting it go, but I just am pointing it out because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but I love the moment of the hammer is back in his hand, and now he is back to being Thor. Yeah, and all the of his armor comes God-like back on. God-like yeah. human, non-human creature that we have here, I guess. I like this whole scene here. It flies back in his hand, and it's like a powerful moment. We now have Thor back with his godlike powers, and it's kind of cool. Okay, it looks cool. It, it, yeah, okay, but looks cool doesn't make everything. No. It doesn't make sense. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. I'm letting it go. But this is where I'm talking about. Like this is the third act that I'm talking about where shit just stops making sense. Like yeah. why did Odin just get talked to sleep? Why does Thor's hammer go to him when it should just go to whoever makes a sacrifice? If that's the case, what the, it doesn't make sense. Well, I we've already we've already established I understand the whole Odin thing, and the second part looks cool. So we only understand the on. Odin thing by shit that they took out of the movie. Put it back, anyway. So, Thor defeats the Destroyer before kissing Jane and leaving for Asgard to confront Loki, and he vows to return to Jane when he's done. On Asgard, Loki turns on Laufey, who is about to kill. Odin, he kills Laufey, Loki kills Laufey, and is- Now, is that supposed to be his dad? Laufey is his dad, his biological father. So he- His birth father. Tricked his biological father into coming here, and then he kills him. Yes. Okay, now I understand Loki's motivations here. He's embarrassed by what he is. He wants to be accepted by the father that he grew up with. The way that he can do that is to excise that part of him, that that entire universe over mm-hmm. there, that whole bit of Jotunheim can go away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the problem is, Loki literally just watched Odin banish Thor for trying to do the same thing, just in a different way. Yeah. 
Why does Loki think that this is going to work? Well, I think he's going to go with the story of, I don't know, he just showed up here and I killed him. But then that's not enough. Even that is not going to be enough for Odin to be like, okay, let's wipe all the frost giants out. Because that's what Loki's intent is. Oh, that part I don't know about. I just, the part with the dude dying in the Odin's chamber, I guess. Hmm. Well, he kills he kills Lofi, and he gets confronted by Thor. Loki reveals then to Thor that he plans to destroy Jotunheim with the Bifrost. He's going to take the Bifrost and turn its power onto Jotunheim. How? And just wipe it away. Well, you've seen it. You've seen what it does, right? It's it's a destructive force, and if it only lasts for a second, it'll transport people. But I think what he's getting at is that it rips space and time to get people oh, to places. Oh, okay. They don't mention it, which is, again, another problem. I get where they're going with it. Okay. But the problem is they don't explain how you're going to actually do that. Right. Loki, like That's like, although, realistically, you could... Compare it to like driving a car into a crowd of people, you know? Right. Like a car by itself isn't necessarily dangerous, but if you're going to drive it dangerously, well, there you go. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think that the Bifrost, I think if wielded improperly, could cause damage, could destroy something, but they don't explain how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My understanding of the Bifrost is that it rips space and time and allows travel from place to place. So that is my extrapolation, really. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know for sure that that's the case. If that's the case, I could see how he could use that to destroy Jotunheim. But they don't explain how he's going to do it. Sure. I don't know. I guess I haven't thought about it too much. I just hear the line and move on with my life. I, gonna, I guess I <laughs> didn't even think about it. We're gonna we're gonna play through here, guys. We're gonna <laughs> play through. So Thor fights Loki, subdues him, and then destroys the Bifrost to spare Jotunheim, even though that means that he will never see Jane again until the next movie. Odin awakens just in time to save Thor and Loki from falling into space from the like shattered Bifrost. Everything's kind of falling apart and the guys are falling off. Loki, however, allows himself to fall into the abyss rather than face punishment. Later, Thor makes amends with Odin and he tells him that he is not ready to be the king of Asgard. Meanwhile, Jane on Earth, she and her crew are searching for a way to open a portal to Asgard. Bum, bum, bum. And that's the end of the movie before we get to the post credit scene, which we'll get the to. End. The endish. <laughs> so we meet some other people that are going to be major characters, or not major, but minor characters later on. We get to meet Agent Sitwell, mm-hmm. who's going to turn out to be Hydra later. Do you think he was Hydra now? I don't think. I think, No, I yes. mean, like, canonically, do you think that he was supposed to be Hydra at this point? No. I think, you think he was turned to Hydra later? Yeah, I think it's another one of those where... Okay. No, no, I'm not saying they knew he was going to be Hydra at this point that they were making this film. I'm saying when you look at the whole storyline, mm-hmm. 
are we meant to, after after having watched everything and knowing where he's going to be, is Jasper Sitwell an agent of Hydra, a double agent, as of right this moment during Thor? 100% yes. You think so? Yes. Okay. All I right. do. I think so too because I think that that whole thing with Hydra only works if they've been entrenched for a while because mm-hmm. the way that they talk about it, they're like, we've always been within mm-hmm. the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization. Mm-hmm. So they've been recruiting people all the way up through, right, mm-hmm. before we get to, what was that? Was that Winter Soldier that we find out about the Hydra stuff? I think that's Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think Makes so. sense because that's a Captain America thing. But I think it's interesting that we get to see characters like that. And at the time that we were watching it the first time, we didn't know. Nobody knew, not even the people that were writing it, like you were mm-hmm. going to try and say there, but going back and rewatching it and getting to see these characters and going, oh, yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily looking for something that's a tell because there wouldn't be a tell. The writers didn't know that that's where his character was going to progress. But you yourself are like, oh, see, he's he's bad guy this whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, he's over here trying to, like, help out with things. He's a fucking bad guy over here, right? Right, yeah. right. I just, I like that. I re- That's one of the things that I do like about the MCU is that going back, you're going to see things in that, in that timeline that that weren't yet established, but you can you can backfeed them right into mm-hmm. the timeline. You know, yep. I think that's cool, and I think that we get that a lot with Star Wars stuff too. You know, especially because the prequels and things like that all kind of backfill stuff and put things in there that were there before, quote unquote. Right? Yep. Yeah, I think that's cool stuff. So, uh, do you have any additional notes or? alternate casting, things like that? I do have a few. All right, so Kenneth Branagh, he had a lot of different angles that he filmed. I don't know if you noticed that, like coming in on different things, and there was like different angles. He did that because he wanted it to look like a comic book with all their different angles and stuff. So he was trying to represent comic book panels, you know, when then you have your different... Okay, but see, to someone like me who's watching a film, I mean, if I'm thinking about it as a comic book, sure. If you present something that sets it as a comic book, sure. But, like, a Dutch angle has a very specific, like, use in film, and there's a lot of that in this, you know? So it just felt felt overused to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I don't know. I did notice it. I noticed all the angles and the Uh way that the camera was kind of canted and off kilter a little bit. But remember, in comics, more often than not, they're squares or rectangles. They're not tilted all the time. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of times here and there. But for the majority of stuff is squares or rectangles depicting the action. Mm -hmm. You know, So this doesn't evoke comic book to me. This evokes someone who doesn't read comic books maybe trying to make comic books if you want to see how you can actually frame a movie to look like comics watch ang lee's hulk from 2003 that dude had it right he made it look like there were comic book panels on the screen and i knew exactly what he was doing fair enough fair enough all right alternate casting yeah for thor we have liam hemsworth apparently it was down to liam and chris (laughs) sibling rivalry anyone yeah yeah. You think Liam's all pissed off that Chris got it? Who knows, but I am glad that Chris got it because... Are you I, just still pissed off about Liam doing Miley wrong? Kind of. <laughs> Anyways, I, yeah. I just think... I think Chris has the better acting ability for Thor. I mean, you've got to have the... 
you don't have to, but he, he can do the serious, more serious Thor. And then he can also do kind of the comedy Thor. I don't like the too much comedy Thor, but you know what I mean? There's, there's, I, I like it when he's got that balance and I haven't really seen Liam do anything in comedy and maybe he's got a movie out there. I just haven't seen, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I think Chris was the better choice. Mm-hmm. Other people that were looked at Alexander Skarsgård. Interesting. Channing Tatum. Makes sense. Paul Levesky, who is a wrestler, WWE wrestler. Oh, God. Thank God they didn't go that route. don't do that. Look, just because you're a wrestler doesn't mean you're an actor. Just because you can perform one thing doesn't mean you can create a character. I'm sorry. You can't. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that route. I, I'm sure he's a perfectly pleasant person. And I don't sure know that. I'm sure he's good at but, what he yeah, does. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's good as a wrestler, mm-hmm. but like this is a completely different thing. You yep. know, you're acting on film versus like performing wrestling acts. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you can make up all the wrestling stuff that you want. You're not creating a character and diving into it. You're mm-hmm. we're gonna know that you're kind of being a fraud with that. You know, right. like we'll right. know. And the last one is Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig? Yeah. As Thor? I know. That's a weird one to me. That's why I had to throw it on there. <laughs> that's fucking bizarre. That's really bizarre. Huh. Okay. Okay, so I real quick, I wanted to talk about Thor's character progression is really, really good here. I like his character progression. I like the fact that he goes from brash, arrogant prick to more reserved, more humble servant type you know, servant of the people, you know, kind of a thing, you know? I like that. I really enjoyed that. But I want to talk about something with Thor that really bothered me in this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't put my finger on it. He looks weird. They bleached his eyebrows and beard and like hair and stuff. Okay. And it's, and it's a choice that Kevin Feige later says they shouldn't have done. And You're they damn don't, right. And they don't do it later. He looks like some sort of weird, like, half albino something or other. Yep. Like, he yep. really looks freaky and weird. And that's because it's not his natural hair yeah. color. And so it it doesn't go yeah. right. Especially in certain lights. Like, when they have him caught at S.H.I.E.L.D., right at that little S.H.I.E.L.D. facility around Mjolnir, and he's under those harsh lights... It really is glaring there where it's like, man, he looks like they painted his face or painted his like eyebrows and beard onto his face, mm-hmm. you know? The other thing I wanted to talk about real quick was that Loki is a way darker character in this movie than when Disney gets their claws into him. Oh, yeah. He is so fucking dark in here. Dude's killing people left and right. And he's like machinations just like willing to kill his brother. Yeah. To serve whatever it is he wants to do. Yep. Like, it's fucking dark, dude. Like, that dude is dark. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some compelling scenes in this movie. Like, when Thor goes to try and lift Mjolnir, that whole scene is very compelling. In the rain, when he's trying Mm -hmm. to lift it, and just that despair, knowing that he's not worthy. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt that. Like, you know what I mean? I really really kind of felt that. And one last thing that I want to point out is that the Destroyer is just me in Fortnite. <laughs> when I see when when I'm in playing Fortnite, I just blow things up and burn things. That's what I like to do in Fortnite. That's my hobby. When I'm playing Fortnite, it, it annoys Miles to no end, but Paul and I were playing Fortnite the other night and all we did was go around destroying shit. 
just for fun. Like, we're not even here to win. We're just here to fuck shit up. And that's what the Destroyer reminded me of. I was like, that dude, <laughs> that dude looks like a guy that would just blow up gas stations in Fortnite. And that's me. I related to the Destroyer on a molecular level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the one shot that was included on the physical release of Thor back in 2012. Yeah, let's okay. do that, and then let's talk about our cameos. All right. The one shot that came out for here is actually tied to Iron Man 2, which is weird, I know. It's called The Consultant, and basically what we have is Sitwell and Coulson in a restaurant debating the Avenger Initiative's desire to have Emil Blonsky from The Incredible Hulk, The Abomination, on the Avengers, they what? go so yeah. They want him to be on the Avengers because they don't trust Banner. They want to pin everything that happened in Harlem on Banner and use the Abomination because mainly, I think, because Ross has the Abomination in custody. This whole thing is a lead up to Stark showing up to talk to Ross. Now, the reason that they sent Stark is because. Coulson knows they can't have the Abomination on the Avengers. So they send Stark to talk to Ross because they know that that Stark, Tony, is going to piss off the general, mm -hmm. and the general's going to say no. So they sent Tony there to try and recruit the Abomination from Ross, and Ross was like, fuck you, get out of my bar. So Tony bought the bar and had it bulldozed the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the consultant's about. All right. Mostly mostly it is the scene from the end of the Hulk bracketed by the conversation with Sitwell and Coulson about what was going on. We don't actually see him by the bar and bulldoze it. We have Coulson tell us that's what happened. I think the reason that they kept this in is that they that they that they added this is because they don't think that many people knew at the time that there were post-credit scenes. So they mm -hmm. threw that in here so that you could get that post-credit scene from the Hulk. Yeah. That you probably they might not have seen because in theatrical runs, it came mid-credits, right? Right. Instead of right at the beginning, before the credits. Yeah. So, yep. I think that's why they did that. Okay. But yeah, the consultant is the is the one that, it pop, that popped up there. So. Okay. All right. All righty. All right, we have a couple cameos this time. Okay. So we normally talk about Stan Lee. He's mm -hmm. in all of these movies that we're talking about this season here. Mm -hmm. Stan Lee is the truck driver who attempts to tow Mjolnir. <sighs> How do you say that? Mjolnir? Mjolnir. 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 Mjolnir out of the crater when it landed and like the back half of his truck comes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, it pulls That's the bed him. out of the truck, yeah, yep. We have a and few he turned, other... He, he pops out and he goes, did I get it? Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, Stan, you didn't get it. Thor has a few other comic-related people that are in cameos on this. We have, how do you say his name? You said him already, Stra Straczynski? Stra J. Michael Straczynski. Yep. He is the person, the first person to try and lift Mjolnir. Oh, really? Yep, that's him. I don't, I don't know what he looks like, so I didn't recognize him. And Walter Simonson, he's a comic book writer and artist. Yeah. He is highly renowned and acclaimed for some Thor stuff, I guess. Some? He redefined the character in the 80s. He's the okay. reason that Thor was even still around in the 80s. Okay, so his cameo appearance, he is at the banquet 
at the end of the movie, and he's sitting between Sif and Volstagg. Oh, so he's in Asgard? Yes. That's amazing. That's exactly where Walt Simonson belongs. Walt Simonson is legendary. Just a, He's a legendary artist and comic writer. That, yeah. So I think that's kind of cool that they were able to bring in a few other people. Now, I have seen in some of the other movies that they have tried to get other comic book people to come in and do cameos, but for mm-hmm. some reason, it doesn't always work out. And sometimes I think later they just don't get asked, but they were asked this time and it worked out and they came and did it. So. I'll bet I know why most of them decide not to do these things. They don't get paid for this. They don't get any kind of residual any kind of real residual. They get a little special thanks. Sure. And that's it. But these are people that have put their blood, sweat, and tears into writing for these characters for a long, long time in some yeah. cases. Yeah. And they get looked over when it comes to this stuff. Hmm. And I blame corporations for that. Oh, sure. Marvel yeah. and Disney, all of them. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll keep my rage contained for now. All right. That it? That all the cameos they had? That's all the cameos. Now, all right. Let's talk about the end credits scene. So in the post credit scene, Selvig is taken to a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility by Nick Fury, who asks him to study a mysterious cube-shaped object which may hold massive power. In a reflection, we see that Selvig is actually being puppeteered by Loki, maybe? Is that what we're supposed to take from this? I, I kind of took it at that, but then I also wondered, is Loki like... Just lurking around? Pretending to... You know, because he can change his appearance. Is he? Is that? Is that Selvig pretending to be Loki? I don't know. Is that what? You, is that what you're saying? That yeah. Oh, Loki okay. pretending to be Selvig. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe I don't maybe. know. But here's my confusion here now. Okay, this is another one of those things that doesn't make sense to me because we're going to find out later that Selvig is going to be working for Shield. Loki's going to show up in Avengers. We'll talk about this in a couple movies, and he's going to hit him with that Loki pokey stick, as Kevin Smith says, and turn him to one of his servants. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Is he being puppeteered? Is he just Loki in disguise? Is Loki just hanging around and kind of suggesting that Selvig give it a look? I'm very reassured that you don't understand this either because I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to be seeing there other than Loki is somehow involved with this on Mm -hmm. Earth, but I don't know how. Okay, so where I landed on it was that Loki is influencing Selvig to agree to take a look at the Tesseract, which is what this is going to turn out to be. He's, he's puppeteering him by suggestion, by saying, hey, we're going to do that. Go ahead, do that, right? So that he's in position that by the time we get to Avengers, he can take control of him fully once he has that power. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my take. Okay. But I don't know if that's true, and it's not very clear sure. that that's what's going on. Okay. So Makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's the uh, end credit scene. Anything else you want to add before we do our ratings? No, I think I've gotten through my notes. All right, let's do our ratings out of five. Jen, where do you stand? Where do you stand on Thor? All right, I think I'm gonna go with a three and a half. Okay. Okay. I like this more than Iron Man two. Okay. But I don't like it as much as Iron Man mm-hmm. and Hulk. Okay. The Incredible Hulk. Fair. So I'm kind of in between the two. I in, I enjoyed the story. Sure. Yeah. I like this introduction to Thor and Loki. Mm-hmm. Loki ends up being one of my favorite characters later down the road, too. I really enjoy him. Okay. I think Tom Hiddleston does a good job with kind of 
playing this trickster thing. Yeah, he's very I, popular. He he is. I enjoy the Loki TV series too. I you know I I just I'm kind of a fan. I, sure. I like it. Sure. I really really like Darcy and Eric and Jane and their oh, sure. whole interactions. And well, stuff. there there are there are POV characters. They're yeah, the ones that we are observing all of this through, right? Darcy's funny. Yeah, I I, I like Cat Dennings. She's she's pretty good. Is she from one of those shows that you watch? She was in three pizza shows or something. Or it was whatever. called Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls. That's what. And I, I think I watched the first couple seasons. I didn't watch it after that because I think mm. we stopped having live TV. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> but right, yeah, fair. I think she was in that. Okay, I was unfamiliar with her until this movie, so I had no idea who she was. Okay, she plays basically the same character in both. So I don't know if that's just how she is or what but uh, she's so got, she may not be playing a character is what you're saying I, yeah i i, I, don't, I not, don't know that so. i haven't seen her in anything else really so i can't judge her acting no. ability but in this movie she just just fine right you mentioned already i think one of my favorite scenes is when thor fights his way through that shield containment area and he gets to Milnir and is trying to pick it up and it's raining and he can't and i i, I think that's such a cool scene mm-hmm. I love it a lot. It's one of my favorite in this movie. I also enjoyed the bar scene with Eric and Thor, and they're just kind of talking about the and the beer drinking and like the competition thing. Um, I like a lot of things about this movie. I get where you're going with that confusing stuff at the end. 100% get that. I still enjoy the movie. I'm not really sure why I don't like it as much as the other two, just that I just don't. I don't enjoy it as much as those other two. I but I can't put my finger on it yet. Maybe someday I will. Maybe someday I won't. And I just, that's just how it is. That's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you? I'm going to give this one a solid two and a half as well. It's slightly better than Iron Man 2, but it's still just a middle of the road kind of movie for me. I do underrate it quite a bit in my head, but I'm still into it while I'm watching it. It feels like one of those ones that I'm not going to rewatch a lot, especially because it has so many problems in the third act. Like, I, I mean, I know it has other problems, but I think the third act is where they're really glaring. Things don't line up. Things don't make a whole lot of sense. And I think for that, it if if they had a tighter third act, if they had more, if if we could figure out why Loki's able to talk Odin to sleep, I think that that would might even give it an extra star. I may have given it three stars. But I think I think I've got to put it right in that middle of the road spot for me. It's not a bad movie, not a great movie, middle of the road movie. Just fine. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Next week though, we're gonna be talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. I hate that subtitle. Why yeah. don't they just call it Captain America? Everything else was Thor, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Iron Man Two. I mean, yeah, you could save the subtitling for later. Just Captain America. This is our yeah. introduction. Like we know the Avengers are coming Captain by this America. point, dude. Like just say Captain America, and then we'll talk about the Avengers. Yeah, they've been that. dropping the Avengers yeah. all the way through now. We so. already know. We yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, so next week, right here on the couch, Steve Rogers, Captain America himself. Thank you for listening, everyone. You've been listening to a view from the couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.